Hey family, thank you for tuning in to Our Roots Podcast with Joseph Babaifa. We're only the strongest roots see the light brought to you by Botanica Candles and more. And if you haven't had the opportunity, like this video, share it, be sure to subscribe to the channel and be sure to check out our membership program. Great video coming today about Ifa ingredients, right? And uh, you're going to be hearing from my uh, partner in crime, Mr. Phil, the podcast doctor from time to time. Hello, hello, Ifa ingredients. So are we cooking an Ifa cake here? No, that's going to be for another episode. But um, if we were, it wouldn't take any of this stuff. I tell you, it's it's some <laughs> intense stuff. The flavors would be way too much to profile. Oh, okay. All right. So I don't need to make a grocery list here. No, and you don't need to share your phone number either. <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, man, the uh, I tell you, it's a really intimidating process when you go into a botanica and you're looking at all these things and, and, and you couldn't be any more confused, you know. So what we want to do with this, uh, I guess it's going to become a little mini series, a series because our inventory is so vast, there's no way we'd be able to cover everything in an hour or even two hours. So what we wanted to do with this video is, you know, go over maybe seven to eight key ingredients so you can start getting your knowledge up, guys. And really understanding how to use these things, whether you're initiated or not. So um, the first thing we, we want to delve into is uh, epo, or red palm oil. And periodically throughout the video, you're going to be seeing the images of the ingredient as well. And the majority of these can be purchased at Botanica Candles and more, right? So um, the red palm oil is uh, an interesting ingredient um, because it is actually harvested from uh, the oil palm as it's known in, uh, in Nigeria, Africa. Um, if you ever see a bottle of it, you see it's produced in, you know, Nigeria, Ghana, as well as a big producer of it. And um, it's basically harvested from the fruit that this tree produces. So it's this nice, bright, orange, reddish fruit. And, um, you know, within it, you're actually going to find the sacred seeds of Orumila, which are iking, right? So it's also the iking palm, right? Um, and what happens is, is this, um, fruit gets harvested and pressed and when it gets pressed, it releases this nice orange reddish fat, um, or grease or oil, um, that is utilized the world over, not only for spiritual reasons, but in Africa, it's actually used to cook all of those wonderful Nigerian dishes, you know, especially the Yoruba ones. Um, and this is why this ingredient became so imperative to our practice of Ifa, because the Orishas at one point were human beings, and being that they first manifested in Africa, the cradle and dawn of civilization, they were eating African ingredients, of which the staple was red palm oil, or epo, as it's known. Um, so you're going to notice in the Odu of Ogunda Dio, was where Orumila actually married epo, right? And But originally he wasn't married to her. He was married to her sister, Adi. And Adi and Orumila actually didn't really, they weren't very compatible. Orumila was much more calm and tranquil, and Adi was a very intense personality of a woman. And then Orumila's brother, Ogun, was married to Adi's sister, Epo. And um, Ogun and Epo weren't that, uh, that compatible either, because Ogun had characteristics that resembled more Orumila's wife, Adi, and Epo had characteristics that actually represented or, or were uh, um, very similar to Orumila. So, 
you know, every now and again, they'd double date and things like that. And uh, they'd see each other at functions. Where Ogung actually became infatuated with his brother's wife. And, um, you know, an affair ultimately took place. Um, where one day, Odomila actually walked in on them. And he was completely appalled. Um, where Ogun was very apologetic. Adi was not. And Odomila said, hey, man, if she wants to be with you, that's fine. I'm not mad at you. Uh, but Ogun said, how can I repay you? Or wh what would you want in exchange? He said, well, give me your wife. You know, and Ogun was like, oh, you wanted to be with her the whole time? He's like, no, it's not that. It's just, you know, she was faithful to you the same way I was faithful to my partner. We'll probably be faithful to each other, and I hope you guys are with each other as well. Yeah. Um, and that's when Orumila married Epo, or married the red palm oil. And that's why, till this day, Adi, or black palm oil, which is harvested from the seed within the seed, or the fruit within the seed of Iking, um, through pulverizing it, manifested. So Orumila didn't want anything to do with that, neither socially nor metaphysically or metaphorically where black palm oil is still extremely taboo for Ifa. I've never seen a case where it actually takes it. But in the Odu Ogunda Dio, when we translate the name, Ogunda Adio basically means Ogun and Adi unified, or the black palm oil. And it made a lot of sense for Ogun with the iron and things like that. And um, he coveted that uh, person in, in this sign. So the red palm oil is accepted by many Orishas, you know, Ogun still accepts it, you know, but Orumila, the warriors especially, Osun, Opa Osun, believe it or not, takes red palm oil. In Africa, they consecrate him with it because he was Orumila's staff, you know, being that the Babalawos are the ones who give Osun. Orumila and Osun have to eat the same things. Oshun, ironically, eats red palm oil as well. Um, Shango, of course, he was always in the palm. Um, Oya eats what practically Shango eats. Yemaya as well. Um, basically the, the Orishas, oh, and, and Bawalu Aye loves it. Um, but the Orishas that do not are going to be known as Orisha Fumfum, as they're known, right? Or the white Orishas. But even some of them do. But the ones that definitely do not are going to be like Obadala, um, especially Orisha Je. And for the most part, from what I've seen, Odudua either. But, you know, that's a lineage thing. But for the most part, no. Um... As far as appearance, we've gone over that, Orishas that, uh, that utilize it. As far as use, right? Uh, for the longest time, people thought that you could perform witchcraft to people with red palm oil. Red palm oil is actually the opposite. Red, red palm oil is to actually remove witchcraft because witchcraft is characterized by temperature and, um, you know, heat and things like that. So the red palm oil is actually utilized to cool situations now. That's why we offer it to Eshu to cool his hunger, right? Um, but in Nigeria, from what I've heard from some of my teachers, is that it's actually used as an anti-fever uh, remedy, where they'll cover young children in red palm oil to be able to lower their temperature, or even, you know, grown people as well, depending on how intense the fever um, is, uh, is, is taking place. Uh, apart from that, you know, it has a bunch of spiritual uses, um, but it's mostly used to actually remove witchcraft um, to appease the Orishas that are somewhat gluttonous, such as Eshu, so we don't have to offer them a blood sacrifice every day. And um, overall, for cooking, believe it or not. So these are the various uses of red palm oil, um, amongst others, but these are the most common. Interesting. Definitely. It's crazy when you just think of it a regular, ing regular ingredient has all of these like, properties. 
properties and meanings behind it, you know, like I bet you if I asked you what nutmeg meant, you probably would like, <laughs> tell I mean, me if, something. Uh, yeah, if I could find the story on it or if I can get the Yoruba name on it, probably, yeah. But Wow, okay. People don't even realize that we have so much, uh, you know, you just go in your pantry and you're probably looking, well, this might get me through Sunday dinner. When in reality, you might have a bunch of spiritual ingredients right there, you know. And as we delve more into the ingredients, it's going to be really like, wow, why are these things so basic? And the reason they're basic is because these were the things that were present at the dawn of humanity. We had fruit from the palm tree. And, and the one we're getting into next, which is going to be shea butter, well, that comes from the shea tree and the fruit from there. And, you know, people utilized what they had. And these things helped us survive and helped us really progress. And that's why, you know, they're blessed, right? Um, so that, that's that with red palm oil. Now we're going to delve into shea butter, which is known as ori. Mm. And more than likely everybody knows what shea butter is up until this point. Yep. It's a great moisturizer. It's wonderful on skin. Um, you know, and, and it's an ingredient that was identified within Ifa very early on. Um, one of the odus that speaks of it at a very, you know, face value is the odu of Funabe, where it says the Ache of ori was, uh, born. Now, mind you, ori is also an asher. It's also a blessed ingredient, just like the rest. Um, it's characterized. It's, it's white. I have seen it yellow as well, but the one we utilize the most is the white one. And, um, you know, in the New World, it was actually replaced for uh, cocoa butter or cacao, um, which is a legitimate replacement due to the characteristics it has. Um, so th they're both legitimate. And who really dominates this ingredient is going to be the orisha or badala. Dudua as well has a lot to do with it. And one of the odus that speaks of ori in general is the odu obaraobe. And the odu obaraobe was actually where the harvesting and trafficking of ori first manifested, where people performed divination, where this ingredient was harvested and innovated, where it was shown to have all these benefits, especially when it came to the head, right? Where people would utilize it for their skin or they would rub it on their head for spiritual purposes to bring tranquility calmness, um, clear thought, um, advantageous thought, you know, all of the things to kind of create the condition for an optimum or optimal mental environment and mental hygiene. Mm -hmm. um, cooking in it, uh, not so much. I haven't seen. Now, mind you, the offerings to Obadala can be cooked in it and, uh, and um, as well as, you know, covered in it as well. Dudua is partial to it as well. The Orisha Fung Fung are very partial to this. People like Orisha Je, Oshun consumes it as well. Um, this is an ingredient that they utilize pretty frequently to kind of reiterate their, their hygiene and their cleanliness. Um, eshu consumes everything. So it can be used for Eshu. That's actually in the Oduo Baraobe. There's an Eshu that consumes purely um, shea butter, ideally. Um, Orumila as well. Um, you know, and it's, it's also an ingredient that is used for fertility. Um, it's an ingredient that actually makes reference to the male reprodu re reproductive specimen, the same way red palm oil makes um, makes reference to the, the woman's menstruation, where red palm oil should not be utilized in any facet by pregnant women, right? Um, when a pregnant woman is uh, going through her stages, um, during that time leading up to childbirth, she should use shea butter instead, uh, thus reiterating, obviously, the, her significant other's uh, desire of procreating and whatnot um but it's it's utilized quite a bit in, in those regards for fertility or you know being very careful to not use it at moments when it can be taboo 
Um, but shea butter, um, as well as cacao or cocoa butter, are used uh, quite a bit, um, especially by Obatala initiates. Um, it's used for things of the head. You're going to see it in a lot of offerings to the head. And um, it's a pretty straightforward ingredient, but you can either see them in like these golden tubes, the way we have them at the Botanica, or the shea butter sometimes, sometimes comes harvested raw, right? Mm. So, yeah. So if it's harvested raw, is it is it just is it in a butter too or Yeah, it's like very crude and it's it's wonderful, man. I mean, um, you know, another another group of people that utilize this pretty uh heavily is uh us the Baalaos as well as the drummers of Bata. Because, you know, through the you know, the motion of pulling the king or um playing the drum, I mean, you know, it, it taxes our hands quite a bit and um it has healing properties, man. I tell you, it's not just the moisturizing aspect of it, like my hands feel better after I utilize this. So it's, it's a very beneficial ingredient, not only from a health standpoint, but spiritually, I mean, it's, it's beyond necessary. And I don't know if, if uh, how many people are, are African Americans in this, but cocoa butter will never run out. Like oh, you God, had no. that big bottle. Oh, you know what yeah. I'm talking about? I had, the, I had the old school one with the, with the dollar one, you yeah. know, and it had the big seed on it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, still, I still got the same bottle from 1988. Hey so man, I, I got to keep it a buck with you, man. I, um, <laughs> I used to actually massage my grandmother's feet, you know what I'm saying? When she yeah. had arthritis and stuff like that. And that was in heavy rotation. She wouldn't let me use another one. I'm like, I got the real stuff. She's like, it's not better than this. Yeah, no, that's OG. Word. All right, what we got next? So the next ingredient that we're going to delve into, um, we don't have a liquor license at the Botanica, so this isn't a placement, Um, but it's Oti. And Oti is alcohol, any type of alcohol. Um, Hennessy, um, you know, Belvedere, anything. Anything that has, you know, that fermentation process that, you know, has the capability of transforming. Uh, somebody's uh, behavior or, you know, emotional state. Um, so OT or, or any type of alcohol was actually identified as being used in the Odu of Otura Irete, where there's actually a verse um, that is prayed over it ceremonially to activate it spiritually. So uh, how is alcohol used? It's a libation. Um, it's for all of the different Orishas. All of them do consume. Um, I can't think of one that doesn't right now. And most people will jump up and be like, well, what about Obadala? Well, that's really good because there's a specific type of alcohol that Obadala does not prefer. He does take white alcohols, though. Um, I probably wouldn't give it tequila because it's a little sticky. Like, try to keep it, like, thin, like a, a rum or a gin, preferably. Uh, maybe even a vodka. I don't know. But um, there is a specific alcohol known as emu, which is palm wine, right, which is another word. Um, and emu is completely taboo for Obadala because it was what Obadala utilized to refresh himself and he became inebriated, thus leading to the folly of the way he was sculpting human minds as, as Ajala, right? And it ultimately led to him losing the position of Alafing um, Aye to Odua, right? Because Odua was sober and very correct and, you know, he didn't overindulge. Um, so that's another word right there and another product right there, emu. Um, emu is very partial to Ogun. As well, he's a huge fan of it. Emu is identified in the Odu of Babao Ragun, um, where it's known as they were in the, in the land of Ilao Ragun, they were the harvesters of palm wine. So, you know, Ogun was very partial to it, but Obadala, absolutely not. Um, but, you know, the gin and the rum and all these different things, first and foremost, they're to awaken the orisha. When we spit the rum or any type of alcohol in the orisha, it's to grab their attention. You know, if somebody spits something on the back of your neck, you're going to wake up and be like, oh, man, 
you need me or you're trying to get my attention. Um, so with the Orishas, it's the same thing. Um, things like this are offered for happiness, right? You know, usually when people have a drink in moderation, you're feeling good, you know, and you're having a good time and, you know, all is well. You know, they also say that it's good to offer the Orishas things when you want something in return. They say the best time to ask somebody for something, the Orubas say, the best time to ask somebody for something is when they're under the influence. Um, so that's all in the Odu of Otura Irede, right? So, you know, um, you offer it to the Orishas, especially in moments when you're trying to um, receive things, right? So it speaks of all that. But a good drink never killed nobody. Yes, unfortunately, you can't sell any there, but... You know. That license is heavy, dog. I mean, yeah, it's no, expensive in Orange County. Yeah, and, you know, it's understandable why. You know, they got to moderate it, but it's heavy. But, you know, there's, there's a bunch of, uh, you know, actual lines uh, that are geared towards Orisha. Like, I remember I used to walk into the liquor stores, and you'll see Ogun rum or La Mulata rum and stuff like that. And, you know, some of it was pretty good. Now, you know, not for leisure, but to work with. Now, there's some that... I'll never forget, man, and, and shout out to all the all my Jamaican people out there. I, I just got done eating a patty before this episode. Um, but there is a rum um, that is so strong. I don't know if it's, uh, I don't even want to say the name, but it, it has like the Jamaican flag on it and whatnot. And I remember I have a godson who's from the Bahamas. He brought me that because he had an offering to do to Ogun, right? So I'm thinking, you know, the, the hardest thing in the world is Bacardi 151. Like, you know. Yeah, right. Like, or Everclear. Right? Bro. I'm telling you, man, when, when this stuff hit my lips, it, it went into the nerves in my mouth. And uh, I, I wasn't able to spit it. I think it kind of fell out, you know. And I said, good God, man, what, what did you bring me, you know, gasoline? He said, nah, man, this is for Ogun. It's got to be strong. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to end up pouring it because I can't even get it Too out. Strong. Wow. It was rough. It was rough, 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 you know. And they make some great rums over there, but that... You know, I'm not saying people can't enjoy it. It's a great product, but oh my God, you, you got to be built for that. Uh, many a domino table have been broken over that bottle. Oh man, I'm okay. telling you, you know what I'm saying? So shout out to all of them. Wow. Um, but yeah, so any type of alcohol, very popular um, within Odisha. And you really can't get through a ceremony without it, you know. And, and it makes reference to, you know, the original forms of, uh, and expressions of leisure and enjoyment. Um, and what it represents, and, you know, there's definitely a spiritual quality to it because, you know, as you drink with, you know, hopefully within moderation, it, it takes you to another plane, you know. Um, but for all my spiritual practitioners, you also want to know how to function without it as well because you might show up at a misa where there's no drink. I mean, in my fa ceremonies, you know, we don't, you know, partake in anything until the ceremony's done. So, you know, it's very important to always maintain the line of ethic and professionalism even though, you know, obviously this is a part of our, our job. Nice. All right. So, so what do we got next here? Next we have Efun. Um, Efun is a, a calcified rock that's actually found in Nigeria, Yoruba land. Um, it is known as a representation of Obatala. Um, and when you see it, it's, it's hard, it's white, it's a chalk, um, basically. And it, it really reiterates Obatala's character as being, you know, uh, a stern father and, you know, pure and, you know, all these different things. It's used a lot in his offerings. For those who are unaware, this is also the famous cacaria. Now, I'd like to go over something because a lot of people say, no, cacaria is, uh, is pounded eggshells. Okay. It is not. 
Um, it is actually a replacement for this original rock where there's an aspect of cacaria that is in common with this rock that allows us to utilize it instead of the African one if we don't have it. So you'll see it coming like these little souffle cup type coverings on the bottom and it's utilized. It's a white chalk, right? Um, what is it used for? It, it's used to tranquilize, calm. It's going to have a lot of similarities with ori, um, but, you know, tranquility, um, calmness, clear thought, spiritual hygiene. It's very good for cleaning and things like that. Um, but this ingredient, one of the odus where it was identified is in the odu obeogunda, obeyono. And um, what happened was, is in that sign, things weren't getting buried. They would just leave them there, and it was, this was causing a huge epidemic, right? And when divination was performed, obeogunda was revealed where Ifa said that they needed to utilize a fung to be able to cover the bodies of the cadavers that they had sacrificed, which is why after we feed a gungung at the very end, everybody cleans themselves with cacaria and we sing, Abuelo don ni le son, abuelo don ni le son, ni le son, mani le, abuelo don ni le son, which means they sleep in the house, they sleep in the house, we cover them with a fun while they sleep. And this was to keep, um, you know, the, the pestilence and everything from rising from the bodies. Um, you see this in modern day farms where, you know, they'll, they'll sprinkle the ground with like this white powder. I think it's called uh, cow or something like that. It's, it's calcium. It's, it's, it's okay. to, to kill the bacteria within the ground. And, you know, the Yoruba people identified this, you know, thousands of years ago. Um, but in real world context, it's for cleansing. Some people write on themselves with it to like, you know, take away negativity or to scare away negative spirits. Um, it's mostly used for that. It's great for baths because it dissolves, you know, in white baths and whatnot. Um, so it's, it's really wonderful in that regard when it comes to cleansing. So that's a fung, right? Now, the, the next set of in ingredients that we'll get into are kind of seen in conjunction, right? Um, it's known as eku eja agbado. And um, the word eku means rat. The word eja means fish. And the word abado means corn. Now, why are all these things associated with each other? Because these are ingredients, um, you know, which is the jutia, pecao, mao, maito, tao, or the smoked rat, fish, and corn. These are things that are very popularly used to appease elegua or eshu. Um, the reason being is because he's partial to all of these different foods. Um, now, when we look at eshu and the rat, I mean, it's, it's very common to see stories about when he actually consumed them. You know, one of them is in the Odu Iwari Wosaso where the rats were sacrificed. Um, there's various, various, various signs that speak of that, as well as in the Odu Ababao Yekumeji, was where Eshu consumed fish for the first time. Um, but overall, why is rat and fish used is because in the Odu Ababai Meji was where it was identified that these two ingredients bring prosperity and longevity, as well as fertility. Why is this? Because they were identified as the two species that will be most present on earth, in water, and on land. Nothing procreates like a fish. Nothing procreates on land at the pace of a rat. So this is why these things are used. So it has a lot to do with prosperity, money, fertility, longevity. The corn as well made its way in there. Um, you know, in the Odu of Obaraobe was where the corn became prosperous, as well as the Odu of Oturariko. 
Um, so they're used in conjunction because el agua has a lot to do with bringing in prosperity. The corn is seen as a fertility item as well because if you notice, the corn has one husk and a bunch of different kernels. Um, so it has to do with fertility and, and opening up and, and progress and whatnot. So that's where these ingredients um, really become key. And you, you're not going to find a botanica that, that, that doesn't have these things, right? Um, another very important and, and mostly before we move on, the ratfish and corn are basically consumed by every orisha. There's very few, I, I can't even think of one right now that doesn't consume it. So it's it, it, it can be incorporated, if asked, um, with practically any offering. It's very eclectic. So apart from that ingredient, um, you also have something known as atare, which is the guinea pepper or the alligator pepper. Now, when you look at a botanica, usually, especially a lukumi one, it'll be in a, a Ziploc bag, and there'll be a bunch of little black dots in there that are the peppers, right? And they're called alligator pepper because they're very spicy, right? They bite. So where it actually comes from is something known as didi atare, which is actually the pod of atare or pepper, where if you open it, it's like this brown, you know, uh, covered type pod, when you open it, it's almost like a pomegranate. Like you see all these sections of just uh, atare or guinea pepper. So just like that, it became a fertility symbol uh, representing the womb and, you know, utilizing it to scare away anything that could interrupt procreation. It also is utilized to be able to scare away the ayewos or the negativities, death, sickness, loss, tragedy, because Orumila threw the guinea pepper at these things to be able to scare them away because they didn't want any problems because the pepper was ferocious. Um, for the longest time, people said you could utilize this to do witchcraft to people. Once again, might not be the most effective uh, method because those same ingredients are what send away the negativities that you might be trying to send somebody. But you shouldn't be. Um, you know, the guinea pepper as well is, is for war or self-defense. In the Odu of Odiotura, or Oditauro, or Odiatawo, was where the, uh, the people wanted to go to war with guinea pepper. But none of them could last a war with him more than three days, which makes reference to if you choose one of these things, you're not going to be able to overcome very quickly, if at all. So it's utilized for self-defense as well. It can be incorporated to overcome things. So it's a very important ingredient that you're going to see very heavily in a, in a Voldanica for sure. Um, ingredients. Another very important one is going to be salt. Salt was identified in the Odu of Babayajobe, and it was utilized not only to bring happiness and flavor, especially when it came to revealing somebody's destiny in their Asentaye ceremony, especially for babies to help activate Ori or the head. Um, you know, it, it's utilized for cleansing. Um, it's utilized... Um, to also maintain the blood from coagulating, especially, you know, in some clans in Nigeria, rather than feeding the Orisha directly, they'll feed it in a separate receptacle and throw in salt to start whisking it around to keep it from coagulating, thus keeping the Iamio Shoronga at large and at bay um, before putting it on the Orisha. So it's, it's to preserve. Apart from that, though, Salt is taboo for the Orisha Obadala as well as the Orisha Odua, right? And the Odu, I believe, of Obarafung is where Obadala recognized salt as not being compatible with his organism. 
And then the Oduobo Chetura was where Odudua said he wanted nothing to do with that. Or, believe it or not, pepper either. That's what the Pataki says. Because when they served it to him, he flipped out. So when it, when it comes to salt, um, you're going to notice it used very heavily, like with the Orisha Eshu. Rumela consumes it as well. And um, when divination was done for salt, it was done for happiness. Because salt ultimately is actually a substance. It's a drug, right? We look at the Odu of Eyobe, it says that the white powders, however they manifested, usually have some type of intoxicating effect upon the human body, and salt is no different. Once the brain actually consumes salt, it will never be the same again. So, you know, it's to be able to have all of those same properties where you're unforgettable, um, where you're trying to become notable, um, where you're trying to unify. Um, all of these things were identified in the Odu of Abayobe. And it's practically consumed by all of the Odishas that I mentioned, other than the ones that I didn't. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's utilized in that regard. Um, other ingredients. I mean, you know, you're, you're going to see a lot of different things when you come into stores and whatnot. I mean, um, I think a good one to bring up as well is uh, soap, right? Soap is very heavily used within Ifa and Yoruba culture. Um, it's known as Oshe. And the word Oshe means, obviously... Um, you know, uh, the soap. And doo-doo is the one that you see most commonly, which is the black soap. Now, sometimes you're going to see it in bar form, but the one I really prefer is the, uh, is the one that comes in a soft uh, format within a canister. Why is that? Because, um, for, especially for us, the Baalaos, for the regular person who wants to just use black soap, you can still get benefits from it, even spiritually, just using the stuff I mean, there's been plenty of times when I've been in a consult and I've just asked, does the person need to bathe with black soap? I was just about to ask you that. Yeah, no, it's it's completely blessed because in the Oduobo Shetura was actually where he arrived in the land of, I believe it was Ijebu. And when he got there, people were going through it. Like their hygiene was off, but more importantly, their spiritual hygiene. And um, they were looking for something that they could utilize, you know, to be able to cure themselves. And when he performed divination for the town, his own odu was revealed. Where Ifa said he needed to prepare soap because that was kind of his thing. He would prepare spiritual soaps and whatnot. Um, some people say black soap is in, you know, Ochetura. The, the odu Baba Ragun speaks of soap as well. And he utilized it and he gave it to the people with the incantations. And they started not only being able to clean themselves, but to purify themselves spiritually. And through the soap and through his products, you know, they were able to benefit in a way where they actually made him king. Um, so the, the black soap, um, some people say Obadala shouldn't be washed in it. I don't know. That's a little bit debatable um, or cleaned with it. That's a little bit debatable because it was the first soap. So Obadala had to use it as well. Um, but you'll see soap such as that Castile soap, which has a coconut base, um, is very, uh, very popular as well. Um, but you're going to see black soap utilized a lot by the Bawalaos because, you know, we'll put our Yarosung in there and we'll really start making some wild stuff with it. So, yeah. Isn't like the black soap like the charcoal soap? Um, not, I mean, there might be some charcoal in it. I mean, when you actually look at the ingredient list, it's pretty wild. It's basically a compost um, that actually has these great benefits. So they make it out of the most basic materials. I think there's banana peels in there. There's red palm oil in there as well. You know, it's really? actually confectioned out of it. Um, when you look at the ingredient list, you're going to be like, wow, look at all the stuff that goes into this, you know. And I use it from time to time again. Um, it has great effects on the skin and, you know, overall, very positive, very uh, 
very spiritual ingredient that we really can't function without it. I mean, without black soap, I mean, the religion kind of stops moving altogether. So there's no way uh, to be able to replace it. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we've gone over soap at this point now. I mean, when we look at the different ingredients uh, via Orisha, um, you know, you kind of go each Orisha, and each Orisha kind of has their own things that they like, right? Um, You know, so when we look at, for example, someone such as, um, let's say, Shango, where, you know, his preferred ingredient as far as uh, what to drink and whatnot is is dry wine, right, or Otikana, as it's known, um, or Vino Seco. So he's going to be partial to it as well, as well as uh, Bawaluaye. And the reason being is because Bawaluaye was constantly looking for other liquids that weren't just pure H2O because when the water would hit his sores. Yeah, it would sting, wouldn't it? It would sting quite a bit. So, you know, he's very partial to that as well. Um, Another great ingredient that we haven't touched on yet is honey. Honey, um, you know, I mean, I was reading an article recently that they found some ancient honey from... uh, from Egypt, and someone actually dared try it, and nothing happened. You know, it, it had preserved perfectly. <laughs> really, someone someone ate some. Uh, someone 5, ate some five thousand year old honey, and they did very well afterwards. I mean, um, you know, it's just incredible all the ancestral knowledge that Africa had, because you know the Egyptians were some of the first people to utilize honey as medicine. Um, they also utilized it to make beer. Um, all these things were were innovated um, by these people, if not other parts of Africa as well. Um, but the honey is uh, very closely associated with Oshun, obviously. And where it was identified was in the Odu of Babao Trupo Meji. Um, there's a verse in Isheshe that speaks about it, I think, in the Odu of Okan Fung, if I'm not mistaken. But within our spirituality, it's in the Odu Babao Trupo Meji. And what happened there was is there was a, Oshun had a son, and he was very spoiled. She would feed him honey all day because, you know, every time he would cry, she would give in and, and give him the uh, the honey until she realized he was spoiled and he was getting a little bit, uh, you know. Uh, a little bit fat? A little, little big. He was getting a little big. And, um, you know, she had to wean him off of it and it would cause him to cry. And that's why in the Odu Babao Trupo Meji it says there is nothing happier than a child eating honey. You know, that's why kids like sweets and things like that. Mm-hmm. But the honey, as far as what it's utilized for, you know, it's going to be very much affiliated with Oshun. Um, you could use it in a fertility bath. Um, you know, some people, you know, before a spiritual process, they'll put some honey on their tongue so that, you know, their divinations and what they say are very sweet and accepted by the client so it's not too harsh. Um, you know, it's, it's a Oshun. Is, there's not one Orisha that I can think of that doesn't receive honey. Um, it's used for, you know, apart from the fertility, being able to find a partner and also to attract prosperity overall, because, you know, if we're talking about the substance of honey and the stickiness of it all, it's, it's to bring the positivity towards us in a way where it's retained and we don't lose it or have that turnover. So those are all the uses for that. I think honey is my favorite one so far. Yeah, it's my favorite too. It's so crazy, brother, because I, I ended up being initiated into Oshun. I couldn't get enough of the stuff. I mean, I, I'd, I'd have a spoon of it. I'd, I mean, and it, it's to the point now where as I'm you know, a little bit older and an adult, I actually collect honey. Like I'll, like I'll see like a farmer's market and I'll stop and I'll see if there's a honey I've never tried before, like an orange blossom one or, you know, they even have a tobacco honey that I haven't tried yet. Like, oh, there's a lot of really 
incredible stuff that happens within that uh, that industry um, because it can be infused with so many things. I've had blueberry honey before. Like, this is really amazing stuff. But I liked it even before I knew, you know. But when we talk about ingredients, why do we utilize these things? We utilize these things ultimately. We can never lose sight of that we're utilizing them to appease and propitiate, right, um, the Orishas. Now, apart from that, we utilize them for the benefits that it can provide us through us interacting with them on a personal level, whether it be a bath, incorporating it into our routine somehow. But that's why it's so key to understand the concepts behind each ingredient so that we're getting the results that we're looking for. And we don't know that unless, you know, we're, we're oriented on it. So, that's why it was so key for us to pull out this video because, you know, we're very blessed at the Botanica to have great representatives and associates who explain things um, for those who aren't as versed and are learning, right? But for all of the online community, um, we wanted to come out with this information apart from more that we will so that, you know, you could be versed and at least have an idea um, when you're going into uh, to a Botanica. I remember when I worked at Home Depot in the flooring department, and sometimes people would come in and have absolutely no idea what they needed, you know. So it's about that was me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was I, I I worked in the flooring department, bro. Like I, you know, I learned a little bit. I, I one guy invited me to learn how to lay tile, but you know, I, I think I was doing something else. You know, whatever nineteen year olds <laughs> were doing ten years ago. Um, but yeah, you you know, you just want to be prepared so that when you go in, you can at least explain to the professional if you're not versed yet to that point enough to where they can point you in the right direction. So, you know, and, and learning about the ingredients is a big part of practice as well, because, for example, if someone um, has an issue, I don't know, with, uh, let's say, you know, um, I don't know, a partnership or a woman is having issues procreating, I might not recommend red palm oil to her. I might be like, you need to incorporate honey or, you know, any of these different things. When you know how things are used and why they're used, you can just give better recommendations for other people or yourself so that you can get those results because these are miraculous things. So people can come to the store or they have to do a consult? Like, does the, Kathy does that or is that just you and Erica? Like no, we all we all consult. Kathy's doing the cards. She's killing it, by the way. Shout out yeah. to her. Um, Erica still does readings from time to time when she's not, uh, you know, really pumping real estate. Yeah. Um, I'm still available. Um, but, you know, it, it, it might not necessarily require a consultation. You know, you might have your sign already. Like, for example, the Oduo Baraobe says the person should rub their hands with shea butter every morning to call prosperity. That person doesn't need a reading to go buy the shea butter or the cocoa butter to rub on their hand. So Absolutely. if you know your routines and you know the concepts behind things, and as long as you're not delving into ceremonial practice without a license, I mean, you, the, the doors are open and you can, you can really go to town. Well, speaking of doors, the elevator door is opening oh my god you're good <laughs> perfect segue yes sir <laughs> all right so guys if you are interested in joining our membership program it's really simple it's this little button right under this video that says join join the quite a quite a few quite a few members we have we have three different tiers that offer all different perks for you so let's give a shout out to the people that show love to you, Joseph. We Get got VIPs. We got Dennis Diaz. Dennis, thank you, man. We got Lisa B. Lisa B, VIP. Kid Glide. Kid Glide, my man. We got Divine Destiny Healing. Thank you. We got Mel Mel Oya. Mel. We got Amanda Rivera. Oh, man, long, long time. Clear Life Movement. Thank you. That's an OG as well. Oh, there's a couple there, yeah. We got some super fans. We got a shout out. Filipino uh, Olowo. Yeah. 
Kenya Hutton. Kenya, thank you again. And I am Justina. I am Justina. Guys, Botanica Candles and More.com is up and running for all your spiritual services and needs. The audio podcast is available on all major platforms. Um, be sure to let somebody know about the program, like we said. Like this video, share it, comment on it. Be sure to subscribe, and until next time, see the light.